everyone, and welcome in to Untitled Van Life Projects, the podcast. I'm Amy, I've got Caleb sitting next to me, and we're so happy to have you here. What's so, up? <laughs> sorry, I did just fart, literally, I think right as we <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's, been, it's been a rough day for that. But welcome, everyone. We are currently in our Sprinter van, which we live out of, which is kind of the basis of this podcast. And if you're just now learning that... Um, welcome. I love that you've decided to pick up and listen. We've also got lots of episodes that you can listen to and catch up on. Us living in the van is a springboard for the podcast. I just pictured like the Olympic gymnastics. Yeah, exactly. That's what a springboard (laughs) is, right? It's something that we can use as a foundation that will also propel us into other subjects that you, the listener, might find um enjoyable informational interesting interesting, intriguing hopefully what are some other adjectives you would use to describe this podcast go write down five right now and then send them to us when this episode is over that actually is a really good idea i like that homework assignment yeah okay so yeah that's the homework assignment to all the listeners because honestly that'll be good feedback for us it will because we don't I don't know. I've never we've never asked for feedback really. So because we're pretty boxed in in the <laughs> sprinter van, wouldn't you say? So yeah, it's that hard to get one. feedback. Uh. <laughs> that was pretty good. But we are currently still in Colorado. If you've been listening, you know most of our summer is spent in Colorado. So that's currently where we are. And let's see, we had kind of a busy weekend. I feel like since last podcast episode we did i mean it feels like fall has begun to start not weather wise it's still it was still extremely hot today but fall was in like i got in the lake today (laughs) yeah you went swimming today but fall is in like all of our travels and uh, i feel like this is also when people come out to colorado a lot Mm -hmm. we we typically cross over paths with a bunch of people that we haven't seen in a while one of those being a childhood friend of mine named RJ, we'll just use his initials here to uh, so to not give away his full. I think he's listener identity. number six. You think he's listener number six? He yeah. might be even earlier. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, RJ came out and visited us, which was super cool. Um, we got to hike a mountain together, which this is actually the second time you and RJ have hiked a mountain together. Only um, two, right? No wrong okay this is at i mean the are counting peaks oh i guess it's the third <coughs> yeah. oh my god okay i farted you burnt we're even now okay uh it's like our third and fourth peaks together i forgot about... unless you count us driving up to the top of evans together which you can drive to the top of one then that would be five I don't count that one. I had forgotten I was thinking of Trek, like I was thinking of Albert. I forgot that y'all did beer stat. Yes. When we first lived in Denver. Yes, but you know, RJ's been a major inspiration, I think, in our mountain climbing uh, journey yes. and experience, especially since we moved out to Colorado. And he's also an avid listener of this podcast, so we want to give a special shout out shout out to RJ. RJ, we love you. Thanks for hiking a mountain with us. Yeah, so RJ came out. It was a very quick trip. Basically, uh, flew in to see his sister and then also hang out with us, or to <laughs> hang out with us and also see his sister. It's it gets very gray there. We don't Anyways, know what the main priority was. He came out and um, with another friend, and they camped one night, late one night, and then the next morning we woke up early and yeah, summited two peaks, yeah. two fourteener peaks, Grays and Tories, which are pretty popular ones. 
Uh, but I mean, he went from basically sea level to over 14,000 feet within a 24 hour span. So that was pretty impressive. We've yeah. been living at like 9,000 plus elevation and working out and hiking at this elevation. So, uh, to, you know, see him do that was, was pretty impressive. Yeah. I was really, really impressed because I was actually talking to you about talking about this with you this morning. I remember when we lived in Denver and we would come out and summit 14ers I felt like it took us much longer to recover um, than it does now. And I think that was all, not all, but I think a lot of it was elevation-based. And that was coming from 5,000 feet. Yes. So I can only imagine coming Still 5,000 feet more yeah. than what RJ came from. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, very impressive feat. But another, those were our second and third peaks of mm -hmm. the summer, which has been great. I don't know if you want to count those individually as 14ers. I guess you can, though yeah. we didn't technically... Apparently, to technically summit both... And to count them as individual summits... You have to come down 3,000 feet in between, which we did not... Up. We yes. did not. No, we probably went down a couple hundred feet and then went back up. <laughs> Maybe more than a couple hundred. I mean, Maybe our, a thousand. our elevation game o gain over the course of the hike was almost 5,000. It was okay. like 4,700 plus, yeah. which is, I think, the most we've done by far this summer. Yeah. So, you know, we'll count it. We were on the top of two peaks uh, within one morning, and then on the way down got hailed on after there wasn't a cloud in the sky. That was actually the first time that that's ever happened to either of us, right? It is. Hiking a 14er. I mean, you always hear about, and you should be very cautious of lightning and lightning storms. You know, definitely want to make sure you're back at tree line by noon, all these things. Um, but we have never had a hailstorm just like pop up as quickly as it did we no. never had one pop up period um we were at we were at tree line right, and also at least one that doesn't last as long as it did yeah this yeah. one was pelting us for several minutes and we kept like, on being it like hurt. it's not that bad like surely it'll end like if it does rain on you or if you do see a piece of hail it's typically over within like three minutes yeah uh, with the storms and how fast they move up there but this one was lasting and they kept on like picking up in intensity yeah and yeah, it was just, we were getting pelted by little marble sized balls of hail. So yeah, they come that, down hard. that can happen. And I laughed at you for packing your rain jacket the night before, because literally on my weather app, it was just straight sun. Mm -hmm. And then even on the top of the first peak, there was not a cloud around. Yeah. I mean, and on the peaks you can see for states, Yeah. essentially almost. And um, yeah, there wasn't a cloud around. And then by the time we're getting down, we're getting hailed on. So... Be yeah. prepared. Yes. So are you going to bring out a rain jacket next time? Uh, we'll see. Okay. But uh, yeah, 14 years have been a great thing. We both did one back in high school. Mm -hmm. And then 14 years are 14, peaks over 14,000 feet. Yes. Just, I, I'm assuming that some of the listeners already know that, but you may not. Which Colorado has over 50 of. 52. Is it 52? I think it's 52. Colorado's over 50 of, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's a lot. Um and yeah, that's, that's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah. And there, I mean, <laughs> you can backpack them. We did them in high school as a backpacking trip, which mm -hmm. makes it a little shorter hiking days, or you can drive to the trailhead, depending on what type of your type of vehicle you have and make it just a really long, I would say day hike, but the day needs to be morning Yeah, starting yeah. like the night before we always start around five to 6 AM. Yeah. Uh, some people are hiking overnight, but yeah, like you mentioned, you want to be below tree line probably by noon for if thunderstorms or hailstorms move in, you have cover and you have mm -hmm. protection, mm -hmm. but ends up being probably like a 10 plus, you know, who knows, depending on the mountain, 10 to 
20 mile yeah. round trip day but the reward is incredible yeah. like getting on the summit after three to four hours of like strenuous hiking but amazing views it just feels so good it never gets old i mean it really doesn't like and i really like having that goal of like working towards this is the peak like that, literally yes <laughs> like having that goal for me i think that is what gives me like the most sense of accomplishment and then when you get up to that goal you get that reward as opposed to um just sort of more casual hikes where you're just kind of like oh yeah we'll hike like to this point and then just turn around that one is like you literally can't go any further at that point uh, yeah yeah i mean yeah you could go like rock some ridges or whatever but like rock some ridges <laughs> rock some widges <laughs> But this is our first one where we actually did knocked out. There's a few mountains like this in Colorado where you can knock out two peaks. They call them bagging peaks. So we bagged two peaks within one hike because they were so close together. Mm -hmm. And that was our first time doing that. Because, yeah, most of the time you do hit the summit. And it's very, It's I mean, it's a tough journey. It's, it's always an adventure. It's always hard. I mean, that elevation is no joke. Like, you know, you take... 10 to 15 steps and you feel your yeah. legs feel like lead you feel like you haven't gotten any oxygen like it's so even being in great shape in great hiking shape um it's still a, a, i think a challenge to anyone yeah. <laughs> you you i always notice it the most when after we summited and we're on the way back down uh there's people still coming up and you can tell just based on their faces like if you try to talk to them they're like they're not trying to talk they're <laughs> just trying to make the next five steps yeah. uh without passing out yeah and uh, i'm like you know what we were just there half an hour ago and we're yeah. like you can do it because yeah. we were literally just in your spot um but this is the first one where you hit a peak and then if we wanted to do the next peak we had to go down the saddle and then back up mm -hmm. and that's what i was like i don't know how my legs are going to handle that kind of like two different summits like that it's essentially just the summit part that we had to redo on tories which but, is the hardest part you know it wasn't bad and i think the company helped and the friend helped and friends helped and the weather helped and we did it yeah we did it proud of us proud of us proud of rj for for what he did <laughs> <laughs> all the all of the all that he did good job medals all around so if you're listening and you have been wanting to hike a 14er or you have questions about it i mean we're not experts or anything but we've done a few so reach out we can share what we know we've done a large handful yeah we have and we've I done a lot say. that are you know within a reasonable distance to denver so yeah and we've seen multiple people like our friends who just came out and uh, i had a cousin come out last year going from low elevation who are just people in good shape coming out and within two days being able to summit it so i really think you know almost anyone can do it it, it does become a mental battle towards the end and mm -hmm. then yes if you're not like incredible like hiking shape or physical shape i just think that the recovery will be a lot longer for yeah. you you're yeah. probably going to be really spent but I, I really think almost anyone can do it if you put your mind to it so a true mountaintop experience as they say <laughs> but yeah we that was the start of our weekend was that <laughs> um and then after that we had a wedding to work in Denver. So we were in Denver for just a bit, shooting a wedding. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Sam, letting us stay with her while mm -hmm. we're there. And then, I mean, as we do, once we're done with that, we head back out to the mountains. Back out and to the mountains. <laughs> and yeah, so that's where we find ourselves here, sitting in our van, recording a podcast with questions. With questions from some people. Yes. So, um... <laughs> 
I guess Amy asked for some questions about... You did too. I did too, but via you. I didn't know this was going to happen. You're the one who plans the podcast, so I just see it pop up on my feed. I'm like, oh, Amy's asking for questions, crowd feedback, and what do people want to know about the springboard of van life that we live and and what it can you know do or how it works. And so that's what we have. Yes, yes. And that's what we're going to get into, just yeah. some Q&A here on this podcast. Yeah, so these are questions from Instagram, which... If you're an Instagram person, you can follow us at untitled underscore van life underscore project. But here are some questions that we got asked. Are you ready for this? Thank you for the questions in advance, hopefully. We'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't put all of them in our little notes, so there is one that you don't even know about. Oh, dang. <laughs> okay. First question, which, you know, this is a really good one. How many times a day do you sweep? <laughs> Great question. Starting out simple, but very logistical. Uh, keeping the van clean is one of the hardest things. We don't. We <sighs> you, don't keep it clean. No, That's we keep it manageable. And yeah. we did just do a deep clean like last week, Quote which you probably wouldn't even be able to tell that we did <laughs> if you hadn't been us living in the van for so long. But when it comes to sweeping, it is something we do quite frequently because um, it's nice just having... Well, one thing I like, I'm going to work backwards here. Okay. I like getting into bed and under my covers with clean feet. Okay. Uh, this lifestyle makes us, doesn't make us, but we wear sandals a lot, like chacos. So feet get dirty. Um, and since our like front porch is essentially the dirt in the outside, and that combined with our dogs, we're tracking in a lot of rocks, sands, dirt and so six and so to kind of like preemptively try and you know when i get into bed at night have my feet as clean as possible we'll at least sweep the floor probably every time we park i would say every time we park in a new spot and maybe almost once a day depending on how bad it gets if it's rainy or muddy then it gets way worse and so we'll sweep more but it's at least every time we park and set up we'll sweep the floor and if it gets like worse than that we'll sweep it again because that's just kind of like a little thing where if we do go barefoot in the van feels a little cleaner than being outside yeah and you know as i'm like saying this like we we easily could sweep more because it literally takes like i don't know two minutes like our floor is so small like you know there's not a wide <laughs> no. surface area to cover i don't yeah um true so that's why i think that's why we sweep as much as we do we used to never sweep back in our house in denver oh yeah our house and in now denver, we can though. at least sweep this little box yeah and just sweep it right out the door because it's all coming from out the door inside so i would say though i've actually i have asked like other van life friends this question before and honestly how many times a day do they sweep at least one yeah you've asked them that question yes yeah we talked about that and yeah i feel like most people i've talked to they at least sweep at least once a day i would not say we can guarantee every day but also i think we are a little more prone to a messy van and that's okay with me. Uh, the, the the wood helps as well. So yeah. the wood build of our van helps not lessen the dirt, but uh-huh. just hide it a little more. So that's why I I realize it with my feet. Yeah. How yeah. dirty like I've been that day or how dirty our space is. Because if I'm about to get in the bed and I look at my feet, I'm like, oh, shit, it's been super dirty. And then you look at mine and you're like, Amy, you need to wash your feet. No, you've been in bed for three hours. I'm like, Amy, let me see your feet. Hold <laughs> up. <laughs> Go get in your room, Amy, <laughs> with your dirty, stanky feet. Okay, so speaking of sweeping and dirt, and we kind of alluded to it a little bit, that our van kind of just stays dirty. One reason is because of the dogs. So 
When are we going to get a third dog? <laughs> this weekend. No. <laughs> well, by the time you listen to this podcast, it will have already happened. Oh. Basically. Oh, yes, I forgot the timing. We are, we are dog sitting for one of our other van friends. Shout yes. out to Sarah. And yes. so, yeah, for a little like weekend, we're going to have three dogs. And uh, her dog, Banjo, is probably larger than both of our dogs. Not by a lot, but yeah. in stature. Probably a few pounds more than Kona. He's Kona's best friend. Yeah, Kona's best it's friend. Best friend weekend. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We have always pitched around the idea of getting a third dog, but it just. And we say that, like, it's not out of the question. It's that not out it of the happen. question. I mean, getting, I think for the rest of my life, getting another dog is always going to be in the question. Yes. Um, But there are definitely more things we have to think about now than we used to. And we've said before, I think it would take a very specific and perfect demeanor. It um, would have to be the right dog yeah. with the right, I mean, I know people already adopt dogs like that, but both of ours were just kind of like rescue mm -hmm. connections mm -hmm. that we didn't put a whole lot of thought into <laughs> neither one of this them. one would have to be we would need to like meet the dog know its demeanor yeah. know how it's going to handle certain situations because yeah uh just throwing any kind of dog into this lifestyle um i don't think would work yeah especially with already having two yeah um so, yeah, we would definitely, it'd be more of a process than it's been for us in the past. Yes. Um, it and would we have, to be a we have toyed the idea. We have, um, like, we did go see one dog with the intention of since potentially, yes, yeah, yeah. since we've been in the van, with the potential to adopt it. Um, and it just didn't work out. And yeah. yeah. I think in the past we would have just been like, oh, no, we'll just take it. <laughs> and so this is where we can just find friends who have dogs, who are friends with our dogs, and then just park beside them. And then when yeah. they need someone to dog sit, we'll watch their dog in the van. So, yeah, yeah we'll have three dogs for a few nights, um, and we'll let you know how it goes. Yes. So yes. Ask that at the next Q&A podcast, <laughs> like 10 podcasts down the road. Yes. Okay. Keeping on the theme with, like, cleanliness... Are it's the, a big one. <laughs> are the places that you park, like, really dirty with trash? Uh, they're cleaner than cities. Oh, good point. Does that? Wow. You know? I say it varies. Um, I mean, obviously, we have come up to campsites that are just, like, trash. There's broken glass everywhere. There's... Well, it's rare that we don't find any campsite with any broken yes. glass. Yes. Oh, true. Almost every campsite we visited has at least a shard of broken glass somewhere. And, and it's one thing that we're always picking up the whole time while we're there. If I see a piece, I a grab a bottle it. cap. <laughs> at least a bottle cap and probably a gun shell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't think of any spot we've parked that has been just like, there hasn't been anything. Like, there are definitely areas that I think are cleaner than others. Um, and there have been spots that we've pulled up to and been like, this is too much, this is too dirty. Or dirty, like, and it's too trash. Well, uh, one, one thing with the kind of land we park on, which is either Forest Service or Bureau of Land Management land, BLM for short, which is public access, public mm -hmm. use. Um, a lot of people abuse that, and especially in some of the, like, the outlying cities we found in Colorado, um, <clears throat> Montrose, <coughs> uh, you'll see that people, for some reason, use that area for dumping, yeah. And uh, and we honestly, we even saw it where we were camping to hike the 14er with RJ this past mm -hmm. week. Sometimes people don't respect the land. And, yeah, it's not monitored. 
it's not really supervised it's not really you know there's not a lot of traffic or foot traffic or people coming through there so people think they can get away with dumping and we've seen sites where you pull up and it's like oh someone has literally been dumping shit here yeah there's broken glass everywhere there's like cattle bones there's literal like trash bags yes full of trash we've seen like just chairs just left you know just like things that tents abandoned tents people just abandon crap that doesn't work anymore Uh, or like it's torn or just for the hell of it i don't know it seemed like a cushion and that always hurts the heart a little bit but i would say that those those areas like that are few and far in between yeah and yeah we'll typically we'll typically like pull in and be like Nah, let's go find somewhere else. Yeah. Um, if it's that dramatic, yeah, where there's, like, big, like, furniture pieces or, like, big bags of trash or things like that, I'm typically like, yeah, let's go somewhere else. If it's... Still waiting on us to find a corpse. Have not come across that yet. I don't, but I don't want that to happen. I think it's on the horizon. But, we'll like, see. you know, if we pull up and, like, yeah, there's some shattered glass or there's some bottle caps or, like, just little you know like pieces of a wrapper or something like i hate that and like we always pick it up but that's pretty standard but that yeah it kind of is just like you know i mean there's people coming in and out of here all the time this well, it's is like you know maybe if you were just camping for the weekend or something and came out you wouldn't notice that like if i just looked out the yeah our door right now which is wide open i don't see any trash but it's when we start living in these areas for like multiple days where it's like oh there's some broken glass over here yeah. and it's like oh there's like a a bullet shell over here yeah, that's a good point. When you're there for just, like, a night or two, you're not probably going to notice these things. And also, like, the large scope, like, just, like, glancing out at it, yeah. it does not look trashed. Yeah. And I would say that's kind of the theme of most of the areas we stay at. Um, so, yeah, overall, pretty good. Yeah. There, Like I said, there is always broken glass, which I always try to make a point. If it, like, catches my eye, I go pick it up. Yeah. Especially for glass. Like, we're walking around here. Dogs are walking around here. Um, and then bullet shells, I think, is another main theme. Of this, which is, here's one thing I don't understand. <laughs> like, BLM land is, you're not supposed to dump on it. There's not supposed to be trash. You're supposed to only stay on it for 14 days. But for some reason, they allow, lots of the land management allow these spaces to be open shooting ranges. <laughs> so so that's where the broken glass is coming from. Yeah, People like are out here shooting. target shooting mm-hmm. with their guns and camping and then just leaving all the broken glass. So it doesn't line up, well, I think, with BLM's like standards yeah. of trying to keep the land clean when they're like, yeah, but you can also shoot your gun on it. I'm like, okay, where are the... F are the bullets going? Mm-hmm. One, and then also, what are you shooting at? Obviously, broken glass bottles. Yeah. So, we'll come across that situation a lot, where it's like, okay, this was the scene here. People came out <laughs> to shoot and shot targets, and they just left all the shattered glass in this certain area. It's typically not right at the campsite. Mm-hmm. You'll find it kind of on the outskirts, but that's something that's never understood to me. So, if you work in the Forest Service land or, uh, you know, BLM, let's, let's chat. Yeah. That one doesn't make sense to me. No, you I'm... want to keep the lands clean. Why do you allow shooting on them? I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I would love to hear. Love to hear. We got like fired up. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> let's see what's a good fire up question. Um... But overall, no. Beautiful places. <laughs> beautiful spaces. And we try to leave them better than we found them. So yeah, that's true. Okay. Have you ever been to a van life gathering? No. Okay. Well, not not a like uh, huge organized, organized one. Organized. Yes. We've found enough friends on the road where we've had like our own little we called it van life retreat weekends yeah and it was very much like a small 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 scale i mean version it's like five of, of us yeah <laughs> okay so we have not that's correct good job you got that answer right yes um but would you like is that something you'd be interested in no 
not as of right now, because the ones we've had and the community we have found on the road has been filling my communal cup. Like, I don't feel... I mean, maybe I have just a wrong idea about those in my head, but I think a lot of times it's like people going in to meet a lot of people who are share similar lifestyles yeah. and kind of celebrate that for a few days. And like, that's just kind of naturally happened for us throughout the course of our travels. We haven't had to really like go out of our way that much to like make a festival and travel out of our way to it and pay the ticket to, to make, to meet people and stuff. And I know we do love like music festivals. And so I do think like that could kind of like, I could see like myself enjoying it. I would definitely not, not enjoy a band meetup. But it's not something you're like pursuing. It's definitely not something yeah. I'm pursuing right now or in the near future. Yeah, I when I was thinking about this question, I kind of had the same attitude towards it and I almost kind of just started then weighing like priorities of like, okay, I would think I'd almost rather just buy a ticket to a music festival. Yes. If I'm gonna get to a festival, rather... I want something to be outside of van life. Yeah. Like I get I think I'd rather do that than, you know, go to like pay for a ticket for like a van life festival yes but yeah. they do happen there's yeah, van do. life festivals and like road gatherings, meetups yeah. gatherings you know and across the u.s and they can be huge yeah yeah um how do you handle needing me time i think it's a big one and it's been a theme over since we moved into the van especially mm -hmm. uh, i think we had a really good rhythm with it this summer where uh because yeah we're me and you even though we've been together for a long time, we're still confined in the same, like living in and out of the same car space, essentially. Extended cab. <laughs> I can barely just stand up without, without shoes, shoes on. on. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're in like, if one of us leaves, everyone goes, uh, you and the dogs included. So we've kind of just, you just have to be more intentional about taking that me time. I think one thing we've been good at here is like hikes We'll do a lot of solo hikes, either or. You'll go on a hike, or I'll go on a hike. You have time paddleboarding a lot. Mm -hmm. That's alone. Um, sometimes, like, we've... This summer, we've both been backpacking alone uh, at least once to where, you know, like, you'll go out and hike our tent out and stay a night, and I'll be in the van by myself, mm -hmm. and then vice versa. Yeah, we've been real intentional with that, and we found out pretty quickly that we needed to do that. If you do go back and listen to some of our early episodes, like in We're the first... We're so sick of each other. No. <laughs> in, like, the first six months, um, and we really, I feel like, realized that we needed to do that, and that was... It doesn't just present itself to you as you as like when we were living in our house and like we all had mm -hmm. we had separate jobs it's like oh amy's working tonight i'm not all of a sudden i have a whole night to myself that i wasn't even like thinking about yeah and that just never that situation never happens in the van yeah and i didn't realize how nice sometimes that was to have it just felt so normal um yeah. when we were in denver but yeah we realized pretty quickly that we needed some alone time like we just need, we miss that. We miss that times mm -hmm. with ourselves, I think. And, um, so we've been really intentional with that and it's been, I mean, it's benefited everything. It's benefited us individually. It's benefited us together. Um, huge proponent of it. And yeah, back then we were doing, which we still do now, like actual alone time. Like you go hike by yourself or I go paddleboard mm -hmm. by myself or with Kona. Um, and I feel like now we've added even like another piece in, which is, Honestly, like when we park with friends or when we are parked with, um, <laughs> with our friends and other, uh, van lifers or just nomad friends, that kind of doesn't feel like alone time, obviously, cause we're with people, but it's still just something different than just the two of us. Yeah. And like, even after a few nights 
um, of like being parked with friends than when it's just you and me again or like, oh, like I'm excited yes. for this. I'm excited for us to just hang out for the next few days. Yeah. Um, we've also had, to, I think one thing that we've gotten better at is like being able to communicate like the, the me team, the, the me team, the, the, <laughs> the me, me time <laughs> that we need or want, even if it's something as simple as like, um, I know recently been like during breakfast, it's like, okay, what do you want to what do you want to do today? Like, how do you envision your day going? And a lot of times I think that's where like, I'll get out like, Hey, I would love to go on a hike by myself at this time, either evening day, or it's like uh, on the scope of the week, I might go camping by myself. Or it's like, I might just want to read in the hammock by myself all afternoon. Mm -hmm. And we'll just, it's like communicating those small things to make sure that you're both on the same page. And I feel like we're both conscious of and doing a good job of like giving each other that time and space like if you tell me something like that i'm gonna like try and make sure it happens as much as i can from yeah. my standpoint and Insane. vice versa yeah which has been cool so yeah you gotta you also have it. to ask for it that's something mm -hmm. i had to learn <laughs> you have to ask for it. you can't just expect your partner to like know communicate it and ask for it and yeah. know that it's okay to ask for it i think that's why i was I had to learn it because I thought it was like not okay. Yeah. But just nothing about our life in the van has been where that me time just inherently like is there for you. Yeah. It's like you have to ask for it. You have to like plan it, communicate it. And then you also have to take it. Execute it. You have to execute <laughs> yeah. it. And you have to realize, which I think it took us a while too, that it actually, you come back and it benefits the group mm -hmm. um, when you can kind of like take that me time. I think we're both people that need individual space and time to like to benefit our relationship honestly i think everyone does in some way because i would have like argued that i didn't yeah and i found out that i did <laughs> i think everyone does in some way it's just different levels and amounts true that so then <laughs> what relationship advice do you have yes someone did ask us this mm-hmm um Wow, this is a, a deep question. What I would know. you say? You go first. What is your relationship advice? I mean... We met in high school, for those giving some background, and started dating um, 17 and 18, or 18. We were both 18, <laughs> for any law followers listening out there. And and now we're... I'm 33, and you're 31, and yeah. we've been married for... Elite. We've been married for almost 10 years. We've been together for almost 15. Yes. And yes, I was 17 when we... We've been living in the van for a little over two of those. And yeah, I was 17, you were 18, we started dating. So like a lot changes and happens from 17 to 31 or 18 to 33. Um, so I guess my advice is if you're dating someone when you're 17 and in high school, you should marry them. Because <laughs> it works out. Because <laughs> it works out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... I think, I don't know, there's lots, there's lots of ways I could go with this question, but I feel like something that I've really learned and been putting into practice over the last two and a half years in the van um, is not, and it really ties into what we were saying, is not being afraid to give your partner space. Like, I think, I mean, and I've, I'll, like, I've felt this way before, you just want to, like, like sometimes to me, to me, space used to be scary. Like mm -hmm. I wanted the person I loved like close. I wanted to like, like if they didn't want to hang out with me or if they wanted, or they, I don't know why I'm saying that it's you. If you wanted like <laughs> Yo, alone, be real. It's been me. <laughs> if you wanted alone time or like whatever, there are definitely times, um, 
in these fifteen in those fifteen years, I would have been like that would have scared me. I'd have been like, what did I did something wrong? He's mad at me. Um, something's not right between us. I don't know. Like you know, you get all, all in your yes. head about it. But I honestly, I really think letting each partner have their own space and like have their personal time and their own experiences really benefits the whole relationship as a whole. And maybe, maybe that's that it doesn't work out. Maybe that's that it does. But either way, I think long term the benefits are. Well, and mine will, literally will piggyback off of that because I was going to say, and I think it comes with this whole good tie into these two mm-hmm. questions. But um, I would say, like, self love is an act of like the start of any relationship, honestly, is like if loving yourself. And I think taking that me time and like giving space to your partner and like making sure that, you know, they're have the space they need to grow and explore. And then I also have the space I need to grow and explore and like figure out who I am to love myself. And I think that just benefits the overall love of the relationship. But I mean, how can you love someone else if you don't even know how to love yourself first? <gasps> I have no idea. Same <laughs> question. But the other thing, which this, it's a quote from a book, the alchemist that I know we've talked about a lot on here. Well, I think it's the alchemist. Um, pretty sure. Is it the love being changed by the dunes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, that's yes. the alchemist. Okay. Yes. But I think one thing, especially when people figure out like how long we've been together and then people, especially who knew us in high school compared to where we're at now, they're like, mm-hmm. how did all those changes happen <laughs> together? And I think it's what we've been talking about, giving each other space, um, being patient. But the quote goes, uh, I'll have to find it real quick. <laughs> oh, here it is. Look, I had it pulled up. The, the quote go, goes, the dunes are changed by the wind, but the desert never changes. That's the way it will be with our love for each other. Honestly, if I could go back and say my vows, that's how I would want it to be. Because I want you as a person to be able to explore and like and change and grow. And you're not going to be the same person that I met when I was 17. And I hope that I'm not the same person that you met when I was 18. You know, I hope by 33 I've changed and I've grown and I've learned. And I've also like gone through moments where I've explored certain ways and then come back. Like mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Like I didn't like that. So, um, but overall... The desert is still the desert, but the dunes within change and move with the wind. So, I that's it. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is so beautiful. That's I guess that's advice. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I love that. I love that quote. And okay. go to bed angry, honestly. Go to bed. Screw people who are always like, "Don't go to bed angry." No, you know what? If you're not in the right headspace, put it off. Have Sleep patience. It off. Yeah, yeah. Reapproach <laughs> it, and don't just. Go down rabbit holes of <laughs> bad thoughts. <Yeah. laughs> okay, that's it. Okay, I feel like this is a perfect lead-in for this next question. If you had to send your wife away to live with one of your old roommates, who would it be? <laughs> Kevin Davis. Duh. Oh, yes. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> I don't think Kevin's listening to this, but I would say Kevin. You know, he just he's probably got a steady job, good house. <laughs> Okay, do you actually... bathtub, you like bathtubs. (laughs) I do like bathtubs. Do you actually use your roof deck? Yeah, we do. I will say we haven't used it as much as we did in the beginning. I feel like the first year we were, I mean, we were up there multiple times a day. Like we would always Uh start our day drinking... I wasn't coffee. drinking coffee at that time. <laughs> you so, slept that. We always start our, dra- our day drinking <laughs> on the roof deck. So we, that's fan life. That's yes. how it goes. We would always start our day drinking our morning beverages on the roof. I feel like typically at some point in the afternoon, we, one of us or both of us would do yoga up there. And then in the evening, we always had our happy hour up there too. Like we were up there multiple times a day. The first few months, really the first year. 
Um, and I feel like the second year we have not been up there as much. I think there's a couple reasons for it. I mean, some of the boards have broken a little bit. It's not as like sturdy as it as she was back in her younger days. It doesn't feel unsturdy. Yeah. It's just not as sturdy. Not as sturdy, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that's... I think also uh, we got a couch. Oh, yeah. We have a camp couch. I think that... Because it's wanna, more comfortable. If we want to sit down outside, that's a big reason. Yeah. Uh, but we still use it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Still utilize the lot, yeah. We still utilize it. Hopefully it'll be getting an upgrade soon. <clears throat> what? <laughs> um, okay, this is going to be the last one. Because I really, really love this question. What thing makes you live most in the moment? Love most in the moment. I did accidentally type <laughs> this question wrong, typo, and I said, what thing makes you love most in the moment? But the question was live. Um, I think this lifestyle has been a, dare I say, springboard to oh that. <laughs> I, I think you have to live in this moment a lot in this yeah, type of life. You kind of just got to, I know I've said it before on an early podcast, but like take care of the here and now. Um, and I think if you want it to, I, I was going to use the word work, but I don't know if that's really, if you want it to like flow and like have the path of least resistance, I think that you have to just live in each moment and surrender to every moment over and over and over again. And this life makes you do that. I kind of think if you try to resist it, it just only makes it harder than it already is. Mm -hmm. So what makes us live most in the moment? Van life. <laughs> living in a van. Living <laughs> in a home that's always moving. Living in environments that are affected by weather. Um, living just in a lot of where a lot of like things in our life and circumstances are out of our control. And we're like, there's less between us and that, you know, cause that's always the case, but like there's less between us and that I feel like. Yeah. So yeah, go live in a van. <laughs> <laughs> now I would also say one big thing is meditation. Like a meditation practice is something I've been trying to carry on that kind of started pre van life. And then I've definitely tried to like, keep it going it goes through it ebbs and flows for sure but yeah. like uh I, I feel like especially this summer i've been pretty committed to it and honestly kind of once you get i don't know how, how to like say this right because yeah i think meditation is different for everyone but um for me when i can just like settle everything for however long i'm just sitting there and like connecting to my breath connecting to that the only thing that is like the lowest form of this moment is just me breathing and my heart beating. And then when I can like settle everything to just experience that and like let that sit with that and then like go back into the world where everything's coming from that center, it's like you can always access that center and like kind of ground in the moment whenever you need to. And yeah, I think a meditation practice has been great for me. That's and I think you can do that. Practice. Yeah, physical practice outside of like, yes, actually buying a van. But I think we both said multiple times, yeah, this lifestyle um, just kind of it makes you it makes you do it. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't think you can't think too much ahead. You got to just be in the moment, taking care of what's in front of you. Everything is almost a chore. So that helps. <laughs> I think the physical practice for me, like it is kind of meditated, meditative oriented, but it's like in those moments where like 
you catch yourself, like maybe, I don't know, whatever you're doing, but you catch yourself and you're like, whoa, I'm just like totally not present with what's happening in front of me right now. Something I love to do is I like to connect with my senses Mm -hmm. and like kind of allow that to like, you know, I feel like it like reels me back in. So I'm like, okay, like in that moment of realization, just like stop. What can I smell? And then take like a big deep breath. What am I seeing? And then just like in my head, listing out the beautiful trees or birds Mm -hmm. or water, whatever I'm seeing. Okay. What am I feel like? I will literally like touch the ground. Like, what does it feel like? Is it soft? Is it rocky? Is it grainy? Um, Does it need to be swept? (laughs) What do I hear? Do I, what? And I always like, I always try to make it nature oriented. What do I hear? Well, that's just our lives now. Do I hear birds? Do I hear water like lapping against the rocks? Do you hear jet barking? (laughs) Taste, taste is a little bit of, that one's not always um, applicable, but just going through that practice then, I feel like just kind of reels me back in and brings me back to that feeling of, yeah, connecting with like, okay, now I'm just here breathing. Mm-hmm. And those are all the now things I'm here. my yeah. senses are, you know, sensing. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, I feel like that's an applicable one that I've used. That's been nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That was all the questions. Um, there were, I mean, there were a couple more. Oh. But we might have to get to those next time. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks for the Q's. You're welcome for the A's. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for the questions. As always, if you have any others, feel free to reach out. Or if you just want to connect and chat. Hike we love a 14er. Making, hike a 14er. We love making friends. Let's talk. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next time. Peace out. Bye.